You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. State lawmakers are back in Lansing after their summer recess. But before they could even get started on their agenda for this fall, one of their top priorities looks like it's already in jeopardy, and it's one of particular interest here in the city of Detroit. Mayor Mike Duggan is pushing lawmakers to pass bills that would roll back auto insurance rates here in Michigan. State Senate Majority Leader Arlen Meekoff said yesterday that any plan that included mandatory rate reductions would be, quote, dead, dead, dead in the Senate. What does that mean for the future of auto insurance rates here in Michigan, especially here in Detroit, where they are higher than anywhere else in the country? And what else might lawmakers be up to between now and the end of the year? Joining us now to talk about that is Rick Pluta. He's the state capital bureau chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Good. You? I'm pretty good. Uh, This is always an exciting time of year, I feel like, in Lansing when they come back from the recess, uh, having been, I guess, uh, rejuvenated to deal with the things they kicked down the road uh, during the spring and and early summer. Yeah, and, and, and also in the fall and the winter preceding an election year. So there's a lot of pressure to get any controversial business that's hanging fire uh, taken care of before we uh, head into the even-numbered election year. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what is on that agenda, and we can start with auto insurance because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's one of the first things that they're going to have to deal with. It's also one of the things that we've seen – you know, uh, show up again and again over the over the years, uh, over the decades. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, this, this has been hang this has been hanging out there for as long as I've been covering um, Michigan politics. Which yeah, has been thirty years, and you know, it's it's the it is the biggest priority probably um, on the to do list, but it's also the toughest. And you know, for for um, a whole bunch of reasons, you know, notwithstanding the Senate Majority Leader's pronouncement that a mandatory rate rollback is uh, is off the table. Yeah. So earlier this week, I heard that there was a deal that was coming together around the idea of. Uh, a major rate reduction, I think it was 30 or 35 percent across the board, not just in Detroit, but statewide in exchange for some relief from auto insurance companies uh, having to deal with uh, these catastrophic claims that that somehow that those claims would then be dealt with uh, between auto insurance companies and health insurance companies, which is sort of the way it looks in in some other states. But then I pick up the paper. And I see that Senate Majority Leader Arlen Mikoff says, uh-uh, that's not going to fly. Uh, anything that looks like that would be dead in the Senate. So so where does that leave us? Well, what, what Arlen Mikoff and wants and what Republicans traditionally want is not something that tells insurance companies, here's what your rates have to be. And there are a few reasons for that. One of them is any rate rollback by its nature is temporary, that that you can only say that the rates have to go down for some period of time, and, and there's a fear that when that period of time is over, that the rates will then, you know, climb back up, unless you've dealt with, um, you know, underlying conditions that, uh, that, that drive rates, and that's what the Senate Majority Leader, you know, is looking at in terms of that. But, you know, any pronouncement that a deal is at hand, there are so many 
players on this issue, that there are victims and advocates for victims, many people with brain injuries. There are um, insurance companies, obviously. There are unions that represent the uh, home care workers that go and assist people who have catastrophic injuries. And that is a big part of this discussion that doesn't always get a lot of attention. There are trial lawyers, of course, and then there are also uh, hospitals that are looking at how the government is going to regulate their rate setting, which is also a huge part of this that doesn't always get a, a lot of attention. So there are so many interests in there that there's just always a lot of room for something to go sideways. Yeah. Um, talk about how the Detroit situation in particular figures into this. So you've got Mayor Mike Duggan, who has been pushing his idea for fixing this problem for for quite a while. Uh, and of course, his constituents, people like me, mm-hmm. are the ones who are paying the most money for, for insurance. And then you got a lot of people in the city who actually are not paying that money because they can't afford it. And so they're driving without insurance. Is that mm-hmm. one of, is Detroit's concern here one of the, is it one of the stumbling blocks, I guess, that we have uh, because actually, of the leadership? Go ahead. I, I, I would say the opposite, that um, the fact that the mayor is engaged on this is what's giving a lot of people hope, especially on the Republican side of the aisle, that uh, there could be a game changer here. That For everyone, um, the, you mean, for everyone yeah. statewide, yeah. Um, and th- that, you know, previously that really wasn't a part of it. Just, you know, there's always a lot of complaints about how rates are set in, in cities like Detroit. And we always see arguments over um, redlining and the use of credit scores and, and, and things like that. And that may still play into this before it's before it's all over. But, you know, we've got a legislature and we have a governor and a a legislature that having participated in the Detroit rescue or the Detroit bailout, as some people call it, um, they're they're engaged. And in order for Detroit to succeed, in order for it to become an attractive place for people to um, move to, that auto insurance, mandatory auto coverage has got to become affordable. And so there's this sense that if Mike Duggan, who is a consummate dealmaker in his own right, is engaged on this, that maybe now, finally, there's room for something to happen. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Pluta. He's the state capitol bureau chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. We're talking about lawmakers' return to Lansing this fall and the things that are on their agenda. Can they get some of those things done this year? Are they going to continue to sort of stall out on the important issues uh, on their agenda? If you want to join the conversation. Uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Especially, we want to hear from you about insurance. Uh, what do you think about the insurance deals that are being talked about in Lansing? Do you think they will pass? Do you think you will get relief from any of those deals. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Joanne in Detroit. Joanne, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, yes, hello, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. 
Um, well, what I wanted to say, well, first of all, I think that maybe people who don't drive a car ought to get some kind of credit for for having a lower carbon footprint. But in terms of dealing with the cost of insurance in Detroit, et cetera, it seems to me that the high cost is related to the personal injury protection part of this plan. It is. And if we had Medicare for All that Congressman John Conyers supports and Bernie Sanders and that we actually provided health care for everybody, I think that could play a role in lowering these costs because if everybody had their health care covered to begin with, you wouldn't have to file a lawsuit or something to get it taken care of if you were injured. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, that's a really really interesting thought. Uh, Rick Pluto, I want to give you a chance to, to respond to that. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting thought. And I mean, look, if we had universal um, health care, um, uh, you know, a, a single payer system like Joanne is talking about, that would be a game changer on a number of fronts. And, uh, you know, auto coverage and personal injury protection would, would clearly be one of them. Of course, that's something that um, Washington would have to deal with. That's not something that the legislature right. would adopt. Right. Uh, let's talk about what else is on the fall agenda there in Lansing for lawmakers and how likely we are to see them get anything done on those those issues. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to just choose one? Yeah, let's just pick one. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Actually, just because I, I, I think this is kind of interesting, but um, over the summer, the governor convened a recycling summit. Mm-hmm. And at that, he um, let it be known that this fall he was going to um, – have a, a pronouncement uh, in the fall about a recycling initi- uh, initiative. Now, they're still working on that, and it sounds like the direction they're taking at first is to kind of study the issue more, look at what counties are doing, find out what's working in terms of diverting solid waste from landfills and toward recycling centers and and you know what's what's not working what's uh, what's standing in the way i think one of the things that they'll have to look at is um in michigan it's actually pretty cheap to dump in a landfill mm-hmm. and that's why we have these controversies about you know out of state waste coming in and a lot of people have suggested that well maybe if we increase those tipping fees that's what they're called then that could serve as an incentive to get people to recycle more but then you've got local governments and businesses going well no don't do this on our backs don't increase our costs for our taxpayers and our customers you know find find something else and so that's the needle that the governor is going to have to thread as his administration comes up with a uh, strategy to make a Michigan, a more recycling-friendly state. Huh, huh. Uh, there's also this controversy over the Choose Life license plate. Uh, talk <laughs> yeah. about what's talk about what's going on there. Well, that I mean, that one is kind of laid to rest. However, it does play into another controversy, and, and it, it might seem like a surprising connection. But uh, the governor vetoed this uh, Choose Life license plate, yes. which um, would serve as a fundraiser for um, some activities by groups like Right to Life of Michigan. He said, look, this is plugging the state into the abortion question. It's political. It's controversial. We should just uh, should just stay out of it. But that particular veto, um, the veto of another bill to um, forbid the sale of e-cigarettes to minors, and he vetoed it because he wants um, e-cigarettes not 
to be just banned, but mm-hmm. treated as a tobacco product and uh, taxed and regulated like a tobacco uh, product. But the legislature passed that, and that got some people upset. The governor vetoed the um, bill that would accelerate the phase-out of paying sales taxes on vehicles used to trade in a car, the value of, of the vehicle. And that's sort of the linchpin in this. And the governor also, remember, he thwarted House Republican leaders when they tried to engineer a rollback in the state income tax rate. And so the House Republican leadership has hacked off at him about that. And many House Republicans are upset that he has appeared at fundraisers of House Republicans who backed him up in that income tax fight, who are going to face Senate primaries against other House Republicans. So Mm -hmm. he's injecting himself into that. So because this sales tax on the difference bill passed with overwhelming majorities in the House and the Senate, there was a sense that maybe the um, Republican leadership in particular could send the governor a message by overriding that veto. Which is really unusual, of course. It has not happened in 15 years, and the last time it happened, it had not happened in 25 years. Very, very unusual, especially when you've got a Republican governor and Republican-led legislatures. And this veto override discussion is less about the substance of whether or not over this, you know, really pretty modest uh, tax break, and uh, more about sending a message to the governor about, um, you know, who's who's the big player here. Mm-hmm. And so that bill, they've come back, they put it in the Senate Government Operations Committee because it started out as a as a Senate bill, which is um, means that the issue is now directly under the control of the Senate Majority Leader Arlen Meekoff who will decide before the end of the session um, next year what to do about that. But certainly we can expect that it may be a bargaining chip in other discussions that the uh, governor has with Republican leaders. Uh, Let's take a quick call here before I let you go, Rick. Chuck in Brighton, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning and uh, thank you. There Mm -hmm. are uh, three things that the Michigan State Legislature can do to drop rates significantly. The first thing is, is make primary driver experience the rate-setting criteria. Mm -hmm. Number two, they can eliminate the provisions in law today that allow health health companies uh, to charge insurance companies whatever rate they want. And then finally, they can legislate a requirement for transparency in rate-setting for both insurance companies and this organization called Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, which currently absolutely refuses to reveal how they set their rates. But those three things will lower insurance costs significantly and make insurance companies far more competitive. Yeah, uh, Chuck, those are all really interesting and and probably productive ideas. Uh, Rick Pluta, I want to and, and, uh, and, and politically very difficult yeah, to that's the, uh, pull off. That's that the rub, is how would you get MCC- it? Yeah, the MCCA that, that, that he talked about is the fund that um, pays for the catastrophic claims when medical bills get really, 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 really high. Mm-hmm. And um, other organizations, uh, uh, um, um, advocates for brain injury victims, trial lawyers, um, um, unions that represent uh, healthcare workers have been trying to get more information about how they set their rates and, 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 and what goes into it. And the insurance companies have always successfully uh, resisted. Um, the other things that uh, he talked about 
talked about, you know, again, um, are just very politically difficult to pull off. Yeah. But they will be a part of the discussions um, this fall and, and winter as, um, you know, uh, um, the negotiations about auto no fault go on. Yeah. All right. Rick Pluta, Capital Bureau Chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. As always, thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. As always, a pleasure, Stephen. We'll talk to you soon. Up next, we're going to talk with Congressman Dan Kildee about disaster relief funding, the debt ceiling deal between President Trump and Democrats, and Flint. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Mm-hmm.